Well, that was an interesting first week, wouldn't you say, Doug? I would say it was an interesting first week. Uh, two wins, and they only played two games, so they're they're undefeated. In my they, head. They, that's true. They're undefeated. They're going to have to make up those other five games later in the season, but hey, that's, right. that's a problem for later. That's right. Uh, well, if you're only listening to us for Giants news, first of all, thanks. Um <laughs> Second, um, this is not going to be as detailed as actually watching the games. But, uh, hey, the Giants, uh, they scored some runs. They they offensively look okay. They look fine. We'll, we'll get to that more because they could look better in some spots. But um, pitching, huh? That's uh, the, the relief. The, the bullpen, that's still a thing. The, uh, the bullpen, people still pitch from there. The bullpen, uh, that's, that's a thing. And also, su- surprisingly, and really fun, a thing, uh, the starters are a thing. Uh, <laughs> not not too impressive. No. Nope. Umgarner, you know, he had, uh, he had one very good game against the Padres. He had one decent game against uh, the Diamondbacks. Cueto had a decent game against Padres. And that was about it. And everybody else was on the roster. Everybody else was on the roster. Everyone else are professional baseball players, and congratulations to them for achieving their dreams. <laughs> I guess before we get too far into this, uh, you know, let's back it up a little bit. Welcome to the 2017 season, everybody. This is uh, baseball is back. Um, that's exciting. That's good news because if you look out your window or you read the newspaper. <laughs> You're going to think that you're constantly stepping in garbage. So, so there's baseball as a great distraction for, well, if if Rob Manfred had his way, under three hours every night. But yes. we get about three hours every day to kind of put something else on and, and get upset or excited about something else completely that we have no control over. And yet the stakes are f- much lower. <laughs> That's right. Instead of getting angry about things in the world that matter, get angry about things in the baseball world that don't matter. Do not matter at all. <laughs> uh, you know, Hunter Strickland, he went on paternity leave. Congratulations. He's not hearing any of this. Um, but he, you know, that's more important to him. Who cares if he comes back and, you know, is how he is? It, do- it doesn't matter. I mean, we're doing this podcast for fun because it's better than... <laughs> than the constant stepping in poop that is the news. But I digress, but I also wanted to set up, welcome back to the second season of the McCovey Croncast. So, <laughs> uh, so yes, the Giants 2-5 and five, uh, up until this afternoon, or actually yesterday afternoon, because you're hearing this on a Monday, uh, they had the worst record in baseball, and, and the Seattle Mariners now, I believe, have the worst record. So congratulations, Giants, uh, in yeah. this early season. And um, the thing, and as we were talking about, the thing that got them last year got them again. So I guess my first, to start the discussion a little bit, Doug, I think there's a tendency in the news for people to, or the pundits who are analyzing the team to kind of say, well, it it's a head scratcher. It's surprising what's going on. But from my vantage point and yours, I would think it's the, basically the same group of people from last year. So why is the idea of a carryover being completely ignored? Like to me, it makes sense. They were bad last year. Why would they necessarily be good again? Be suddenly good because it's a new year. There's they're well, the same guys. A lot of these guys were good last year. I mean, Garen wasn't especially effective last year, and I don't. You know, we didn't watch Neil Ramirez, who's new, but otherwise, you know, Law had a great year last year. Strickland had a really good year last year, you know, ninth inning save situations aside. Um, and the the guys who really failed a lot, you know, repeatedly last year are gone. Romo's gone. Casilla's gone. Lopez is gone. And I guess the assumption was it would be addition by subtraction. You know, I guess it would be subtraction by subtraction in the clubhouse and maybe super addition by subtraction on the field, which sort of all sums out to regular addition by subtraction. Well, Derek Law wasn't great when he came off the, when he came back from the disabled list through the end of the year. 
And that's, that's true. But you say, you know, he has rest. He has all, you know, he has rest. He should be good to go. And he, he hasn't been. He's been, he's been bad this year. People on Twitter, when, uh, when Contos came in and, and blew the first game of the Padres series, people on Twitter were, you know, were pretty mad that Law wasn't in. It's like, well, why would he be better? Right. And I think to me with George Contos, George Contos, by the way, folks, he pitched well in Arizona. He had like a good, he pitched against a, a tough lefty. Now I'm blanking on who it was. And the beat writers immediately turned around and anointed him based on a one game sample, which I'm keeping in the back of my mind going forward, Doug, because correct me if I'm wrong, the beat writers are the first to jump down fans' throats for saying, it's one game, it's one at bat when something right. bad happens. But if something good happens, it's like, ah, oh, yes. George Contos is now the best reliever in the bullpen, you know, outside <laughs> of Melanson and like for one lefty that he gets out. And so to me, George Contos is a fine pitcher when you need someone to get outs in the fifth, sixth and seventh inning when you're down eight to two like that. That to me is like where he's he's great, where he's where he's less great is in one run games late or I'm OK with him in the swing situations when games are tight. But generally speaking, I never saw him as a high-leverage reliever because the numbers kind of point to him being just basically average. And if you watch him, the stuff does not – he's not a strikeout pitcher. He does get strikeouts, but he's not a strikeout pitcher. Um, no, he's not. I mean, I would say his other strength is uh, making firework noises in commercials. He's very good at that. <laughs> Underrated skill. <laughs> Underrated skill. Very important to the Major League Bullpen. If the Giants ever make a Police Academy movie, they've got, <laughs> they've got the one guy who can make the sound effects. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so I, I mean, I, I think it's fine that he's on the team. I think I'm just spreading it around to the group. Yeah, well, there's a couple of new guys for sure. But uh, And Hunter Strickland, by the way, is a solid guy. I actually think just as it gets later in the game, he's, he's worse, but in before the paternity leave, he actually looked pretty sharp, but we've been down this road before and I shan't go down it again. (laughs) We've we've put our faith in Hunter Strickland too many times and been burned for it. I'm pretty sure I spent a month. No, I spent two episodes last year just being like, I'm, I'm all in whatever (laughs) he's got. I I'm, I'm for it. And then just like spectacularly turned around. Um, So, you know, the team as a whole, they don't look they don't look great, but they don't look terrible. They they are not winning. That's not good. But they they the bullpen is still basically the same characteristic as it was last year, and the offense is is probably about as good as it was at any point last year, but it still has the problem of when it's late and they're down, they're not really able to put up a rally, but I kind of am going to push against the idea that the Giants they haven't come back. It, Grant had the note. They haven't won a game in the ninth inning after trailing uh, since 2015. So they won a whole year. Yeah, uh, May, May of 2015. May of 2015. So it's, <laughs> it's coming up to two years now. <laughs> and I, I tend to think I'm pushing back a little bit. Not, not the stat. that I don't deny the fact there. I'm saying I think they have blown so many big leads the last two years that they're just tired, like by the end of the game, like they, and, and most teams, you know, they beat up on starters or soft middle relievers. And then when the good relievers come in, they struggle like good relievers make hitters struggle. I think it just turns into that. And also when you're, when you're just playing a long game, which by the way, Scoring lots of runs and having a terrible bullpen or terrible pitching leads to long games and a lot of sitting around. I think they just get tired. That that is what I'm going with. <laughs> Why they, they just struggle to tired. do that? They just get tired. <laughs> I, I remember Peter Gammons. I remember Peter Gammons after the Red Sox got eliminated from the playoffs the year after they won maybe their first World Series. So this would have been 2005, I think. And I think they got to the first, they got knocked out in the first round by the White Sox, maybe. I'm, I'm probably getting some of these facts wrong, but this sound, feels about right. And I remember Peter Gammons making the excuse, because the, the Red Sox had bad pitching, and the offense wasn't, was good, but the pitching was terrible. And his excuse was the offense was tired from carrying the team the whole season. That by the <laughs> time they got to the playoffs, it was like an NFL team. They had had too many carries. 
<laughs> so I'm going with the Gam. If Gammons is a Hall of Fame writer, if it's good enough for him to make excuses for his boyhood team on a national broadcast, surely right. I and nobody can make one on a limited <laughs> a listenership podcast. That's right. Yes, we can. In fact, we can make any excuses we want now. Now that now that we've heard Peter Gammons make that excuse, we can just go wild. We can just be like, well. You know, what happened is uh, Santiago Casilla was in a feud with someone on the team. So really, you can just throw all those results out. Baseball is really just going to go ahead and cancel that whole month of games in which the Giants went 10 and 20. Yeah. Yeah, they should. <laughs> uh, I want to point out this 2-5 and five start as well. Uh, <laughs> it's been said you can't win the division in April, but you can lose it. So... I think the homestand is going to be very important. You don't want the Giants having a 10 and 20 month, but you certainly also don't want them having, I think the Angels a couple of years in a row got out of the gate winning like 12 games or something like that in the first month. And then they were great the rest of the way, or they were fine the rest of the way, but they were so far in a hole after the first month that it doesn't matter. And I'm ignoring the Dodgers who are going to win the division by 90 games anyway. And I'm just <laughs> saying that the Giants really can't afford to get it you know it's a very competitive league there are plenty of smart teams out there that are not as overloaded with uh payroll as the giants are who are therefore constricted in the moves they can make down the road but they, they do need to win some games <laughs> and as a fan just sitting here i mean what what else can you know the, i don't think the management's done anything wrong i think yesterday people had problems with Bochi not pinch hitting late in the game, not taking Cueto out so that they could maybe push some extra runs through. Uh, and I certainly see the logic in that. But I also think that if you don't trust your bullpen, Bochi last year decided, I don't trust my bullpen, so I'm going to use more relievers. And I think this year he's going to say, and I've got Johnny Cueto on the mound. I'm going to stick with Johnny Cueto for as long as I can. That makes sense to me. And then letting Derek Law struggle yesterday also made sense to me because he needs to do what you said last year, Doug, which is like Bochi didn't let guys fail so that they could figure it out. And so that by the end of the year, he had reliable guys if they're there at the end. And, and maybe he's trying to do that this year uh, a little bit more. Let's hope so. And let's hope they don't fail and they do great. Because but if they fail, that they then recover. Yes, right. But if they fail, that they certainly learn from it and move on. Like it would be Hunter Strickland is trying intentionally trying to use his two seamer more. And you know, if you and I were Hunter Strickland, well, sorry, if you and I had a ninety-nine mile an hour fastball, <laughs> I needed to change the premise of the question of the statement. Uh, if we had a fastball like that, we'd want to probably use it as often as possible, right? But that that. If it gets smoked, if it's like Jeff Samarja and he's throwing 96, that's great if you're a starter. But if it's just a straight line and hitters are whacking it all over the place, I would get tired of that. <laughs> right? I would also. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like, okay, I've got a pitcher coming up. I could just throw 96 by him, probably, most likely. Great. But, <laughs> you know, at 92 to 94, if I can get some movement on there and get ground outs or... I think, you know, Manuel Margot for the Padres, he made the Giants look silly for most of the series. But then Johnny Cueto comes in and he's blowing his fastball by him and then he's jamming him with the fastball and he's tricking him with the changeup. To me, that's that looked better. Like, you want to strike the guy out, great. But he was not only swinging through and looking bad, but then Cueto was just jamming him. And it was great. He was getting this weak contact. So I don't know. If you're a pitcher, you want to get guys out all the time, but also making hitters look stupid, I feel like should be a part of the equation. <laughs> making hitters look stupid is the most fun thing. Yeah. For, you know, from my perspective, as a Giants fan, when a Giants pitcher does it, Giants hitters look stupid very often, and I don't enjoy that quite as much. They do. Let's talk about those hitters. Okay. <laughs> we're gonna, so we're going to try this year a little bit different. Last year, I... I didn't like the format. We didn't like the format of going game by game. Who cares? Uh, you watched all the games. You're a bigger fan. You're as big a fan as we are. So let's just go down the, the line real quick and talk about the players and look at the week that was. Let's start with Denard Span, the easiest one, because he barely played. <laughs> he, uh, he, he didn't look bad when he was on the field. He didn't. He, he looked quick. 
And yeah. uh, his at bats, he he had good at bats last year for for most of the year. He just like when he put the bat on the ball, he just was making pretty weak contact. And yeah, he looked fine, but <laughs> defensively uh, taking pitches. Um, yeah, it's a very small sample this week, and I would say the injury, the injury thing is very interesting because he wh- what he was basically like, oh, he's back, he's totally healthy in spring training, and then like after game one, oh, I'm hurt. <laughs> after game one, oh, my hip fell out again, and then you were pointing out rightly on Twitter, um, oh, this is Angel Pagan all over again, right? I mean, it's just I, that's an alarm bell that goes off in my head. Just every time a guy's out for like three straight days and he was supposed to be back third day and you go, "Uh uh-oh, I know what this is. (laughs) And here's the crazy part with the Giants is that the disabled list this year is 10 games. So they they could do all the crazy, stupid stuff they used to do with Angel Pagan and and his ilk of like, oh, he's just injured, he needs a few days, which would stretch into 12 days. But it's yeah. like, but now we can't put him on the disabled list because then he'll be out for too long and it'll be better. <laughs> now it's like you can play some shenanigans with the 10-day DL. But, you know, I, I would rather guys just go on the DL than play hurt because I don't – I don't know. It, it seems like if you're a major league hitter and you're going out there and you're playing hurt, I know some are fine and do that all the time. Obviously, it, degrees on the, it depends on the degree of the injury too. But I'd rather just go on the disabled list. Let, yeah. let a healthy person hit the ball. Go in the DL, let someone healthy play for the 10 days, and then come back and be healthier yourself instead of playing at 90% for the rest of the year. I mean, you're getting paid either way, and then you're more likely to come back and do well as opposed to just struggle through, oh, that 0 for 26 slump you were in with 15 strikeouts was because you, were, you had a hamstring problem. Well, yeah. great. Now that's going to hurt your contract more than missing games. Yeah, look at what it did to Gregor Blanco last year. He should have just yeah. been out for, you know, a few weeks, maybe a month, and then come back, and he'd have been fine. And many... instead, he played hurt for two or three months, and he was awful. He got a minor league deal with the Diamondbacks. Yeah, well, he got he got a deal, and then they cut him because he was hurt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, I mean, how many players have you heard they get signed because, like, when he's healthy, he's yeah. really good, and they'll take the risk of that? Uh, that's the Dodgers' philosophy. Well, we're only going to get sixty games of this guy, but man, when the when he plays, those are some good games. <laughs> they just call it the Rich Hill at this point. That's right. Uh, so, in any case, I would still say you know, that's uh, uh, something to look out for. This is good, but uh, to think about this is better. I'm already liking this format, Doug, because now Denard Span. It made me think. Oh, as the leadoff hitter. Because of last year and this year and his injury history, I'm like, well, I'm never, I don't think he's got that cemented uh, going forward. And I bring that up because we got to see Joe Panic lead off this we past did. week. And mm-hmm. we got to see Gorky Hernandez lead off as well. But mainly we got to see right. Joe Panic lead off. <laughs> um, Gorky Hernandez was worse than I thought he would be. He had four RBI in, in Arizona, though, so that definitely opens up some straw hats. I'm like, oh. <laughs> but he, uh, oh, straw hats, for those who don't know who are listening to this, that term is straw hats are worn by scouts, usually, who are watching baseball players. And it's, it's reflective of old school. So RBI, an old school stat. Oh, four RBI in, a, in two games. That's a good player right there. Um, but anyway, Joe Panic leading off. Joe Panic has looked really good in the early season. He looked good in spring training, but he looked good as a leadoff man by not even changing his approach. Yeah, I mean, he has a good, he has a great approach for a leadoff. Exactly. Guy. He doesn't have the speed that you want, but he has the great approach, and I'd rather have that than. Well, hitting doubles is 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 better than being a single stolen base guy. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Um, it's it's just a good idea. More guys in the Giants should hit doubles. I don't know why they haven't thought yeah. of it. <laughs> we keep telling them they're not listening. Uh, yeah, and so that was fun to watch. And uh, I guess the speed is a little bit overrated. I mean, the Orioles have Seth Smith as their leadoff hitter. 
That's true, but the Orioles hit 800 homers every game. That's true. (laughs) Well, the Giants could, uh, with their number two guy, Brandon Belt leads the team right now uh, with home runs. That's the next hitter. See how that segged right in? This is so much better format. Why didn't we think of this sooner? (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Yeah, Brandon Belt had a, a great offensive week. We are all happy about Brandon Belt, and we love him. He is amazing, and he hit his first Grand Slam ever on Saturday night, which is great because I thought he would have hit one by now. But (laughs) usually I think in those situations, he probably walks or strikes out (laughs) or maybe hits a double or maybe hits a single or something. But he's looked good at the plate again by not even changing his approach Uh, against Clayton Richard yesterday. There was he was kind of expecting to be pitched away and Richard pitched him in. And so it looked a little, you know, in the early going, he looked a little against the lefty. He looked the same, but I mean, what I'm getting at is Brandon Belt looks the same, and but he's getting better pitches to hit based on where he's hitting, I think. Yeah, and Which, he's hitting them. You know, in years past, he has missed them sometimes, and this, so far this year he hasn't, which is right. Big. Well, right. Well, last year he avoided the the month long slump, yeah. where he was completely where he done that every year prior and so if he can avoid that this year again you know every hitter is going to go through their slumps obviously it'll be fantastic but here's the funny thing that i was thinking about on my drive home last week uh the the sabermetric viewpoint is you hit your best hitter second right and uh and last year you know brandon bell was their best hitter and so it's just funny to think that after all the all the crap brandon belt has gotten in his career that he is, whether Bochi knows that that's why you hit a guy like him number two or not, if, if he knows that's the reason or not, he is now tacitly or explicitly the Giants' best hitter. And I think that's just funny. I, I Honestly, I bet Bochi knows that, that that's what the, the stats people think. And I think that he has, he has thought about that. And he's sort of coming for the reason to hit belt second that isn't that. So he doesn't have to deal with those questions. And he still seems like a baseball first guy instead of a numbers guy. Well, I mean, it, it seems like you could make the straw hat argument for why Belt should hit second. Yeah, Belt, exactly. It, Belt has a little bit of speed. Uh, he is really good at taking pitches, which is good because then your top two guys are eating up or seeing a lot of pitches. And he does walk more than most of their players. So you're setting up your Buster Posey, your Hunter Pence. You're Brandon Crawford. So you're putting, you're setting the table right at the beginning of the game. Uh, and that's got to be the, that seems to me like the strongest straw hat reason to, to lo- load it up that way. Yeah. Uh, which leads us right into Hunter Pence. Um, Hunter Pence hit a home run yesterday and, and it was magnificent. <laughs> Any, anything that gets near that Western Metal Supply building is pretty cool, I think. Even yeah. it makes him look more impressive, but yeah, exactly. That building is, is the best part of Petco. The best time, best home run ever hit for me was when Pat Burrell hit it on the roof. Yeah, in uh, 2010, that was that was great. Uh, but Hunter Pence didn't hit it on the roof. That's fine. And Hunter <laughs> Pence, he had a pretty good week. He looked he looked all right. Uh, he he looked. I think it feels like early in the game he's a little more lungy and fidgety, and later in the game he tends to calm down and and have better at bats. But uh, you know he didn't get hurt this week. <laughs> and any week where Hunter Pence doesn't get hurt is a good yeah. week for Hunter Pence. <laughs> That's right. I'm not convinced that hitting him third is still the best way to go, but I I can actually think about what the logic of batting him in front of Buster Posey is, and that is if you put. Belt and Posey back to back, you're probably going to get more double plays. And Hunter Pence has a little bit of speed to, prov- like, he's able to run out balls, so he's not hitting in a double plays himself. That's that's my only thinking there. Because I I would put Brandon Belt right after I would put Posey after Belt. I mean, uh, batting order doesn't matter. I think it does. <laughs> so, so, I think in the in the first inning it does anyway. Uh, if you have a chance to score early, then you should. Later in the game, yeah, I feel like it kind of gets. It's only it only makes sense in like who's hitting near the top of the batting order, really. But after that, it doesn't really matter. But sometimes it is nice when, uh, 
the top two get the most plate appearances in a game. So that's really where it matters the most. Yeah, I mean, so, you want you want yeah. good hitters to hit more. It's a fairly right. simple thing, it seems yeah. like. And I, that, well, that's what I mean. I'm, since Brandon Belt's more likely to get on base versus most of the rest of the team, I'd rather have Buster Posey, who is objectively the next best hitter on the team, following him up. But I do want the Giants to stay out of a buttload of double plays this year, so <laughs> that would probably make yeah. more sense. <laughs> uh, and so let's talk about Buster Posey. Buster Posey, there was an article written in Baseball Prospectus about how he's, you know, about his catch catching prowess, how he's a guru, how he steals strikes for his pitchers. Um, he's really good at – he's actually kind of the, the reason why we're going to get robots, Doug. Yeah. We're going to get robot yeah. arms. He's too, he's too good at framing. He's too good at framing, and he's destroying the strike zone, the low strike, which is absurd if you watch it around the league, folks. It's just <laughs> – it's you can't hit most of these pitches that are being called strikes that are below the knees, um, and Buster Posey is helping that. <laughs> uh, and and I thought it was interesting that that came out because Buster Posey, I, I mean, he is he's the best catcher for sure. I just think it's interesting to put next to to have to write an article about how great Buster Posey is as a catcher. And then uh, talk about how the pitchers don't wave him off and they take whatever he calls. Put that next to um, the Giants ERA and, <laughs> and blowing two saves in a, in a game and just how they perform, uh, how many runs they give up. And so I, how much does a pitch, how much does a catcher actually affect the pitching staff? That's what those that article is almost immediately rendered uh, inert. Well, maybe, maybe the real question is how bad would the Giants pitching staff be without Buster Posey? <laughs> would we still be playing it in Arizona? Like as, you... <laughs> as it is, you know, now Monday, would one of the games in Arizona still be going on because nobody on the Giants staff could get three outs in an inning? It's possible. It's just on the table. <laughs> And I would say that, uh, that well, that is great insight. I actually think, all right, that makes more sense. <laughs> but, but so Buster Posey has basically dragged the Giants pitching staff, which threatened to go back to 2006, 7, and 8, right? <laughs> 5, yeah. 6, 7, and 8. He, he basically dragged them back to 2000 and 2004. Yeah. Which is basically how the Giants pitchers are at this point. That, the, that's what the staff remind, today reminds me of now. Uh, and remember the World Series years or just like the, the AT&T Park beginning first four years of the Giants. It's like they had, they were, they had like one or two starters. It was like Levon Hernandez and then it, it was either Russ Ortiz <laughs> or Kirk Reeder or Sean Estes, I guess. And then just a bunch of filler, just warm bodies. You got your Ryan Jensen's in there, <laughs> and and uh, and then and then you get to the ninth, and then you get to Rob Nan at the end, and that was it. Like, and it was, and you had Barry Bonds on your team, which helped because you needed all six of the runs you were going to have to score <laughs> every game. Um, but the Giants don't have uh, Barry Bonds now. But the difference is the Giants actually have good hitters up and down the lineup. Those Bonds years, it was like Bonds and like three other guys. And then the rest was like, it was all filler. <laughs> Until you got to Rob Nen at the end. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but, but that's what it reminds me of. Let's just be Levon Cadet, yes, yes. Levon Cadet, that's right. Um, yeah, Levon Hernandez was the Madison Bumgarner of his day. <laughs> He really was. Oh my god, that's yeah. It went to like seven straight at bats or something. So is Mark. (laughs) So I guess we're gonna jump. This reminds me then. So is Mark Melanson. Mark. So Mark Melanson potentially is Armando Benitez. Mark potentially. There are Armando Benitez. He could be our Brad Hennessy. He could be (laughs) our Matt Hurgis. There's a lot of great possibilities coming here. Uh, Tim Worrell. Tim Worrell, yeah, he had a yeah, he had a yeah. good year as a closer. He, he had a couple of good years. Uh, no, he had one good year and then a good half year. Okay, there we go. <laughs> um, so I would say that uh, Buster Posey is 
is still f- amazing and fantastic. And I guess what I wanted us to do was have a weekly death watch at the <laughs> same time because he's turned 30, as you know, and we're in his twilight and we're not going to have him around much longer, even though he signed for four more years. Um, but he, t- he took a really big shot to the face on a foul ball in Arizona. I can't remember who was hitting. Um, and, and, and the giants pitching staff is, is not great. So the death watch for Buster Posey is his reputation could take a hit or he could have a concussion <laughs> going forward. There we go. Um, Brandon Crawford, Brandon Crawford had a, a, I'm sorry that I sound like Bill Simmons here. He had a sneaky good week. Doug. Oh, Simmons. <laughs> that is some big Simmons. Uh, heading into Sunday's game, cause baseball reference hasn't updated. I mean, he had a 950 OPS, but you know, he had eight hits and 23 at bats heading into Sunday. And then on Sunday he had two more hits. Yeah, so after so as of now his his, OP, his oh, OPS 956. is 956. Yeah. So, you know, he he's I think going through just having it's weird to watch his career progress because it's been so incrementally like all positive steps, but he's not taking these huge leaps, which is fine. But isn't it just kind of he's just been around for so, so long and he's just consistently just incrementally getting better. And uh, and starting off the season, he's picking up where he left off. Like his his age seventy season is going to be incredible. <laughs> so his hair will be so long too. <laughs> his, his, baseball will make him cut his hair by then because it'll be a distraction with the opposing pitcher. So that's the like robot you can't have hair. You cannot have hair on the ground. Like, I'm, I'm Brandon Crawford. I'm the greatest <laughs> baseball player that you've ever seen. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> He'll be playing with his kids. They'll be on the team, same team. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Eduardo Nunez. He was. He's on the team. <laughs> Eduardo Nunez <laughs> is on the team. He had a very. He had a great series in Arizona. Yes. Um, they, yeah. they pitched right to his strengths, which I don't. Which the Padres series really demonstrated the Padres understood him better than the Diamondbacks did because he's a lunger. He he is extremely weak on the inside part of the plate. If you get him, if you, if he's not set, he is flailing at everything, diving out. So the Padres just pitched him in. Yeah. And he, he's pretty, pretty useless then. Uh, and he had a couple of stolen bases this week. Which uh, seems like there's two more than he had with the Giants when he came over last year. Uh, sorry, he had a stolen base today. He has four stolen bases on the season already. Um, yesterday, excuse me. He has four stolen bases on the season. Um, you know, and he's solid at third base. And he, we both liked him when they got him. Uh, but sixth in the lineup, seventh in the lineup, I think this is where he belongs. And he's just going to be, it seems like he's just going to be a faster Matt Duffy. Yeah, which I mean, hey, I'd, I'd take it. Well, I'll take a faster Matt Duffy. Yeah, the Giants yeah. desperately need speed. All right, let's just get, let's just do it now, man. Let's do it, man. Let's left field. Left, left field. <laughs> left field. Let's see how, how to put left field. Nope. <laughs> uh, I don't know how to talk about left field. The left field position for the San Francisco Giants. Uh, I was going to say since Barry Bonds has left, but really just let's just stick to this year. It's awful. The, they did not figure it out, and the Giants have thrown money at the problem. They've thrown roster spots at the problem. Um, they're going to they threw Aaron Hill at the problem. <laughs> they <laughs> they're, threw... they're, later this year, they're going to throw Melvin Upton Jr. and Drew Stubbs at the problem. That's right. Possibly Mike Morse. Probably Mac Williamson. God, Mac. Well, that, that's what I just want to say. Mac Williamson, could you please just get healthy? Get healthy. Just, just get in there. <laughs> I feel like the the Giants are wanting to give him. They're wanting to give a guy who can put some good at bats together a a chance, a long look. Yeah. And and Jarrett Parker had no good at bats. I don't care what anybody says. He had no good at bats. And Chris Barrero, by virtue of having a comically minor league long swing, had a good at bat on Sunday. 
He had uh, one hit bat, so he's up yes. one nothing on Jarrett. That's right. <laughs> one to nothing, and they've played uh, 23 games, basically. <laughs> but, like, the, the Giants literally started Aaron Hill in left field because of how dire the situation is. Um, and I, I don't know. And, yeah. and the solve has to, has to come from within. It has to come internally. And I don't know. Well, to me, it just keeps going back to now's the time to put Brandon Belton left. <laughs> <laughs> now it, made, it made, makes the most sense. After now it it's does make more sense. sense than it ever has. But then, you know, then you lose all the strikes that Posey's been stealing behind the plate. Or, you know, I guess well, you, you, don't play Gillespie. You, you play Connor Gillespie yeah. at first. Yeah, you put Connor Gillespie at first. Yeah. I mean, that's that might be what you have to do just because, wow, left field. Yeah. <laughs> this is uh, – let's let's be honest, though. If we're getting all of our karmic retribution for Barry Bonds, having Barry Bonds for so long in this one year, and then it's finally done, hey, I'll take it. Well, I mean, the Giants had success with Pat Burrell – and uh, Melky Cabrera, and later Gregor Blanco, but and Michael Morse in left field. So it just it doesn't have to be much, right, to, to be effective. Um, just and we just need something. Just that's right. Something, Derek Parker, <laughs> literally a hit. And as you pointed out, he was he couldn't even hit fastballs. Which is the only thing he's able to hit. Yeah. Um, it was. He's going to have fun in Korea next year. He's going to have fun in Korea. <laughs> uh, I don't remember which Diamondbacks pitcher it was, but yeah, there was some Diamondbacks pitcher who came in and Jared Parker pinch hit against him. And it was a good fastball. Don't get me wrong. But if you can't hit a good fastball, then what can you hit, Jared Parker? Because we know it's not things that aren't fastballs. Right. So. I mean, if, if Jarrett Parker's only talent is he can hit a 90-mile-an-hour fastball, well, I can't do that. But then a major league player should probably be able to do something besides that. Archie Bradley. Archie Bradley, yeah. Former number one draft pick, I believe. Right, uh, yeah. He had seven strikeouts in relief. Um, in any case, uh, Godspeed, Jarrett Parker. <laughs> <laughs> and the left field position. Um, so we've covered everybody. Oh my gosh, we did it. See, it was much better. Yeah, I mean, yeah we did it. Whew. <laughs> uh, the pitching we talked about as well. Uh, was there any, who, who do you have for your player of the week? I mean, it kind of has to be Johnny Cueto. You know, his, his first start wasn't especially impressive. Um, I mean, he hit the, he got a hit. He scored from first on a, on a double or a triple. And that was delightful. But um, his first start against the Dimebacks was five innings and four runs, which is not a special start. His second start against the Padres was better. Um, it was still not a great one, but it was a, a very good one, and it was enough. But the Giants won both the games he started. So I feel like that's sort of – Madison Bumgarner might have statistically had better starts in both games. But, you know, sorry. This is like Cy Young, this is like Cy Young voting. This is like MVP voting. It's not fair. I'm just giving I'm it to pick, the guy on the winner. I'm picking Madison Bumgarner because he had the better starts and also because, well, he set history twice. He, did. he hit two home as a pitcher. He had two home runs on opening day, and he had a sixth career complete game loss <laughs> in, like, the, the shortest amount of time. So, uh, so and, and by the way, he started that – the the opening day he got off to a hot start it was, it all fell apart in the sixth for him I think and then in the Padres game he got off to a rough start and then just locked it down so we got to see like both sides of it I love Johnny Quaid I'll pick him all the time Madison Bumgarner had had a really interesting week that <laughs> that didn't go his way and didn't go the Giants way but at no point made you go uh oh something's wrong here. Yeah. Like that, you know, and Johnny Cueto, it's the same, it's the same deal. And my God, I'm going to cry a thousand tears for an entire month when he leaves. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, two home runs on opening day. That's, that's impressive. Oh, uh, I'm also, I'm, picking, that. I'm also picking Johnny Cueto because for his first start, I wrote a post about why you should appreciate him. 
And that's, I think, the only positive post I've ever written about a player that didn't immediately jinx that player. So I really appreciate that, Johnny. Johnny Cueto also had a good image week because someone made that image for NBC Sports where they oh, he yes. was kind of awkwardly on first base and then they, they photoshopped him from when he was sitting on top of a horse and put it on top of him. That was a good picture. I like that. <laughs> and he, he put it on Instagram, I think, and loved it. Yes, that's right. He Instagrammed it. That's right. So, uh, yes, he, he had a lot of good faces in that first game. <laughs> last week so that he is a gift always but madison bumgarner was madison bumgarner so i'm going with that uh who's the who is the worst we should probably start with the worst because it's yeah. always rough to end on the <laughs> bad start note, with but, worst, but that's yeah. okay um you know i'm just let's just say the bullpen was bad then i'm just well you go with the bullpen all i'm gonna go with left field i <laughs> i think left field should have gotten some hits like they got a hit all week Literally the entire week, they got a hit. Got two runs, yeah. I, I think there should have been more hits. And Aaron Hill, when he was out there, was not great defensively. He wasn't awful, but, you know, there were some balls maybe he could have gotten to. Marrero looks very sh- Marrero looks very shaky out there. And Jarrett Parker looked fine. So yeah. Jarrett Parker made uh, a nice play of the game. He played right yeah. field. Um, uh, oh, he, that's right, down, he did. Yeah, he ran down a ball that was, like, that was hit pretty well, kind of over... Kind of over his shoulder catch or something. That was a nice play. That was the good thing I'm he did. St- but left field is my anti-player of the week. I'm sticking with the bullpen because they blew two saves in, on opening day. The, the so bullpen, they- by the way, has blown three <laughs> saves in the first seven seven games. Uh, the all-time record is 34. Stats have been kept since 2002. They can do it, guys. Oh, absolutely. They can do, they can it. do it easily. And they blew leads in six of the first seven games, which is also really impressive. Like, let's not underestimate how bad they are. But basically, to when you're walking into the new season going, okay, we've fixed our bullpen problem. We're not going to blow saves anymore. <laughs> to blow two in the same game is great. Um, so there you go. So looking ahead to this week, uh, obviously, you're listening this morning. It's opening day at AT&T Park. I'm very, I'm very much looking forward to being able to turn on a game and watch the Giants Play at AT&T Park. Um, much offense to these other teams and their stupid stadiums. <laughs> um, uh, so AT&T, they're going to play the Diamondbacks to open it up. Um, Taiwan Walker, who, uh, if he was not on the Diamondbacks or the Dodgers, I would be like just gushing over him constantly, but he's in the NLS, so I have to kind of keep it in. But <laughs> he's got some power stuff, and I'm enamored of that. Uh, I think it's kind of lame that this... <laughs> The opening week's going to be the Diamondbacks and the Rockies because those both teams just are headaches in different ways. But uh, that is the nature of divisional baseball. So. It is. You just <laughs> resent the existence of every other team in your division. And also just to look ahead, um, I don't know how – I don't know if I'll ever get one of these in my entire life, but I certainly want one. The Saturday night on the 15th is the Johnny Cueto shimmy bobble. <laughs> and – I would love that, and that's amazing. So something to look forward to. There we go. Um, all right. Twitter questions? Oh, Twitter I can't believe – Doug, I can't believe I remembered to do the best player, worst player, first of all. I know. So that I was, to do that's good. That was impressive. <laughs> so for the for our at Mick Croncast Twitter account, I put out a poll when I asked for everyone's questions – and I said, what would your style, your blown save style be? I guess I should have done more of a description of what that means. But like, if you were the closer, you meaning you, the listener, but Doug, you can jump in here. <laughs> if you were a closer, how, what, what would be your preferred style of blowing saves? Because I, I kind of think, I don't think closers have their own distinct style of doing it, but there's definitely just a few categories of how you might blow a save. Sometimes like a bad call can go, you know, or whatever. And there's just like, you know, a walk-off home run. You know, it's just, there's going to be random th- things that aren't characteristic of anything. But then there are these ones that I put out, which is walk everybody. So, you know, you walk two on and then you give up a hit. Or you walk the base loaded and walk in a run. Uh, a bloop and a blast. That's a pretty common one, too. But uh, hopefully that sometimes those happen. I was imagining that happening like quickly. You come in. You throw a pitch, base hit. You throw a hit. You throw the next pitch, home run. 
Like, well, that's see, how I was well, picturing What I was kind of thinking with Bloop and a Blast, and, you know, not to ruin anything, when I voted in the poll, I voted Bloop and a Blast. Um, mm-hmm. But I was thinking that, you know, you could get Padres to death on the Bloop, right? So you, you get a quick 1-2 on the batter, and then sort of foul, 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 2-2, two, two, foul, 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 3-2, foul, foul, duck snort, you know, 33 hopper through the left side of the infield. You go, oh, fine. Next pitch, you go with the home run. That's better. <laughs> That's good, too. So there you go. That's a better one. Uh, and then the balk off, and I was just thinking of Santiago Casilla <laughs> for that one. Uh, <laughs> Armando Benitez did that, too. Yes, and and... Neither of those are still as good as the Solkoff that Francisco <laughs> Rodriguez had like 15 years ago. Oh my God, that was almost 15 years ago. Uh, that was a long time ago. Uh, and and then Felix Rodriguez style, which needs the most explanation, <laughs> but it's actually pretty simple. Felix Rodriguez had but one pitch. <laughs> and so if you can only throw a straight fastball 94 to 98 miles an hour and your your command is spotty of, with it, it, that's Felix Rodriguez. That's Felix Rodriguez. <laughs> so, <laughs> sometimes you might strike out the side. Sometimes it might be single, 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 and that's the game. So <laughs> you don't know. Uh, I, I voted walk everybody. Yeah. That, which was the winner. That was the one that won. Uh, that would not be my preferred blown save style. <laughs> I'd rather it be the the Felix Rodriguez style because I'd like the variation of maybe. Maybe I won't blow a save stuff. Right. The false hope is really important. That's what kind of Giants fans were lacking last year. Because, you know, you get, especially in September, right, you get a save situation and you're like, well, how are they going to blow it now? Which means it wasn't quite as disappointing, which I think it's important for it to be disappointing or else what do you really have if not your disappointment? (laughs) That's right. Right, but you need a guy who can strike somebody out. Yeah. That's the key with the closer. Mark Melanson can decently strike out players. He's not, he's no Eric Gagne, but, you know, few are. But, you know, he's not Aroldis Chapman, which is good. But, you know, it is where you can overpower guys, get two strikeouts per save appearance, essentially. Um, but he, he can get it there sometimes. He can at least strike out once, once an appearance. That's a good thing, which he has not done yet, though. So, uh, so we'll see. All right. Uh, I have the questions queued up. Okay. So <laughs> at Blazers Rule 88 asks, why do we suck? And when is a valid time to question Evans? I.e. in after 15, he didn't address the pen. And after 16, he didn't address left field. Um. Well, okay. First off, you're a sports fan. You, it, it's always valid for you to que- not only question your front office, but assume you would be better at their job than they are. Um, so just just go to town on that immediately. Uh, <laughs> second, we suck as penance for something that you personally have done wrong in your life. So go to a priest. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think it's hard to say that your team's... I think it's... You can't say the Giants suck. You can say the bullpen sucks. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, it's only objectively true. Uh, when is it time to validly question Evans? I would say, see what happens with the trade. It's hard to say. He did he did great in the last trade deadline. He didn't get a closer, which he admitted was his mistake. But he did. He made three moves, which were all intended to set up the fact that the next two years, the Giants were going to face a roster crunch and a payroll crunch. Roster crunch, I guess I mean by depth or flexibility with positions. They don't have any Eduardo Nunez's in the system, so they got someone, someone they could afford. Their lefty reliever situation, their Lugie situation was going to take a hit, so they got Will Smith. Now he's injured, but you know that's what happens to pitchers. And then their starting rotation is potentially after Johnny Cueto walks, a com- you know it's going to be a shambles. So they got Matt Moore, a, you know, gambling that they would get the more positive version of Matt Moore than than just the five and a half ERA guy. And I think that's probably going to hold true as well. So I think he did well. I think last year or 2015 is a tough call. And I would say that all of his moves are somehow are somewhere in the area of trying to keep this train going, trying to keep this group going, and but also trying to look towards the future a little bit. Um, so I think it's hard to say. But after this year, depending on... How things go, I think you can start to look at like, okay, now what's the plan? 
because three years of trying to keep the train running, it's it's always tough. But what you know, twenty fourteen was kind of a surprise World Series win. I think you would agree. Right. It was. It would have <laughs> been if you had said at the end of you know May, Giants are going to win the World Series this year. You'd be like, oh well, yeah. I mean, look at how how good they're doing. If you'd said at the end of July, hey, the Giants are going to win the World Series last, this year, you'd have sort of looked at the guy and be like, no. <laughs> but um yeah. but yeah like just kind of objectively the giants were not were clearly not the best team in the league they beat a better team at least in in each of the first two rounds the first two real rounds you know the uh the the pirates were not that much better than them it was that that's pretty close but the nationals were obviously better than them the cardinals were better than them um the royals were not that much better than them if at all but that's they went through a real gauntlet of teams that should have beaten them and didn't. And in a lot of ways I mean, that they, was yeah, a surprise. They got a gift by not having to face Garrett Cole in that Padres game. The, yeah, that's true. The or a Pirates the game. The Pirates should have started Garrett Cole. Um yeah, so we actually have a lot of questions I need to, so let's just burn through these suckers. First I do want to point out that uh Wolfman Zach four one five, we detective He's on the case, Doug, and he says you sound like Kyle Gass. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I saw that. Uh, I don't have any Tenacious D references offhand to go with that. So, whoops. Uh, at Not Really Calvin asks, can we get a petition going to change Gorky's Hernandez's jersey number? Puig aside, 66 is still hideous. No, we well, cannot because... <laughs> The way he played this year was like a guy from the minor leagues up in big league camp for one day. So he deserves the number 66. <laughs> I Yeah, I don't think Gorky Hernandez is going to be wearing that jersey much longer anyway. <laughs> so if he keeps playing this way. Uh, let's see. Um, at S. Fenson, uh, Steve Svensson, a longtime tweeter. At Svensson19, he asks, most likely DFA candidate not on the 25-man roster is, and he'd guess it's, how do you say his name? Calixte? Calixte. Calixte. Yeah. Um, It's the most likely? Mm. I mean, maybe, but there's, I, I could see it being Trevor Brown if they need another catcher. I could see. Not uh, their second baseman, backup second baseman. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's true. You know that. Rem- remember in the off season when that was like a story, and you're like, "Come on, just that's not gonna happen." We all know that's not gonna happen. <laughs> I would say Marrero is the most likely. Um, well, no, he says not on the 25 man roster. Oh, not Marrero will not be on the 25 man roster. Uh, I think it's possible Chris Stratton or uh, Clayton Blackburn. Oh, interesting. You think those guys are reaching their their ceiling of opportunity? I think I think that people that there's a better chance that Stratton especially wouldn't be picked up than uh than anyone else and so the Giants think might think they could get him through waivers and still have him in the system. I don't know. They didn't think they could get Ari Adrianza through waivers. And and eventually so... they they couldn't. The second well, time. they did it during the off season. Well, no, you do it during well, the season. Olympics, you're going to get him through. The first time they DFA'd him, they, they DFA'd him like last year, or the year before, or something. They got him through. This year, they did it again, and he got picked up. And then the, the by the Brewers, and the Brewers DFA'd him, and he got picked up by the Twins. So because they did it during the off season, you do it during the season. You do it during the season, and you know the, the team will put someone on the sixty day DL that you kind of if, putting off and. That's unlikely, but a pitcher during the season, you're probably even more likely to not be able to get him through. A a, a crappy position player like Adrianza, I feel like you could get them through waivers more likely than a a left-handed pitcher like Clayton Blackburn or... They're both right. Oh. (laughs) You're more likely to get a pitcher. You're you're not likely to get a pitcher. Everyone needs pitching. Even the Brewers are going to need a a pitcher or um, I'm not cutting that. I'm letting my ignorance stand. Um, you know, you're likely to get a, you know what? I'm actually taking my, my answer back. I think it's Albert Suarez. 
poor Albert Suarez. All he did was come in and be effective last year. Now he's going to get DFA'd. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't that effective. Compared to Jake Peavy, he was. <laughs> Compared to Matt Cain, he was. And Matt Cain's still on the team. We didn't even really talk about Matt Cain. Matt Cain did not have as terrible a start as you would think he would have had. He also did not have a good start. He did not have a good start. It is amazing what happens when Jake Peavy's not on the team, though. Going through some obvious issues, of course. Yeah. But, you know, he, he had a 10 ERA and a 2 whip, and then the two of them back-to-back. It was just terrible. Uh, Jeff Samarja did not have a great start, really, either. But he did... The inning where it all fell apart for him, he had been sitting for 25 minutes while the Giants put together a long inning, and then those assholes didn't even score more than one run. They scored <laughs> one run. They loaded the bases. 25 minutes, he's sitting on the bench. Ah, oh, the stupid Giants. Okay, now I'm all upset about last week. <laughs> Just looking forward to this week. All right. At the underscore, underscore, underscore Irishman, Adam Herendine asks, how many gallons of booze are the Giants going to drive you guys to drink this year? Uh, each or total? Uh, I guess each. Um, I'm going to say five for me. Yeah, I'm a light drinker. I'm going to say probably a gallon. Yeah. Like, are, are we having beer as booze, though? I feel like we're not. Like, it's not booze. Yeah. Beer is beer. So, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm going to drink more beer than anything else. Really. I To me, the test is how many times am I going to scream into a pillow so people around me don't hear me screaming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for the Giants. And, and the over-under every year is... 10 <laughs> uh, 10 times last year it was still under because they were just so sadly bad just all kind of faded in or blended in I don't know uh, Adam also asks uh, how long till we do a shift around of position players maybe bring up Arroyo to third base and move Nunez to left field um, I hadn't thought about that I mean I don't think that's what's going to happen I think they I think what they're talking about is bring there are so many people in Sacramento who can or will be able to play left field soon. Um, I think they would just bring in someone like that. Plus, Nunez, for all the grief he gets for his defense, which was shaky for like the first week he was with the Giants, Ron Wood has apparently fixed that. Ron Wood is like this genius at turning okay third basemen into amazing defenders. And Nunez is really good now. Yeah, Nunez is good, and... I think he's actually not that great in left field. Yeah. And so you're actually putting him out of position for no reason. It's exciting to get Christian Arroyo there, but I'd rather Christian Arroyo play for the full season or unless he's, you know, hitting 400 or something in June or through through June. But other than that, and even then, you know, the Giants are going to bring him up um, unless there's an injury. So, I don't know. Uh Rob Hayner at Robert Hayner asks, arguably the best third baseman, first baseman, shortstop, and catcher play in the National League. Who's the best second baseman in the National League and MLB? What does Panic have to do to become that? First, he has to stay healthy an entire season. Yes. Um, so the best, so according to Fangraphs, the best uh, second baseman in the majors last year was Altuve on the Astros with uh, Robinson Cano pretty close behind. Uh, the best in the NL, again, according to Fangraphs, was Daniel Murphy with Gene Segura right behind him. Gene Segura is on the Mariners now, so that, I guess it would be Cesar Hernandez on the Phillies was next mm. on the list. Mm. Yeah, I don't know about that. Um, what what Joe Panic has to do, he, he needs to stay healthy. He needs to hit. He needs to stay healthy all year, hit like 2015 Joe Panic and field like 2016 Joe Panic. I'm a little surprised that Neil Walker isn't higher up there. Neil, oh, maybe, uh, I think that I have it on a plate appearance thing. Neil Walker is, yeah, Neil Walker is still behind Ben Zobris. But Neil Walker only, oh, and only had 450 uh, plate appearances. Ah. So I would say all those guys we've just mentioned are, you know, even passing the straw hat test, those I would automatically name all those guys as better. I forgot about Zobrist completely. I guess I think of him as a left fielder. 
But um, he's, yeah, they're all better. At least for now, but uh, that's not really to take away from Joe Panic. Joe Panic's an outstanding player. And in some ways, I mean, the Giants obviously felt, I mean, they drafted him in the first round. They thought very highly of him. But basically all the projections were pointing to more of a utility guy. So the fact that he's remotely star-powered, which we can certainly talk about because it's he plays he does some really outstanding things that the best players in baseball can do. He does them. Uh, that's it's kind of found money in that sense. Because obviously, Doug, the Giants would be very happy with the utility middle infielder. Oh, <laughs> they love utility middle infielders. <laughs> they love if they can have like three of those <laughs> and they can just play them all, you know, two thirds of the time. Oh man. <laughs> Watch yeah. our rest in the league. <laughs> They're like, we, we thought we were drafting a, a, a utility middle infielder. We didn't know we were drafting an all-star. <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't have done that if we knew that. <laughs> uh, let's see. Okay, so of our... Oh, we have one last question. So fewer than I thought. Uh, at Steve Sensen, he also asks, Advanced scouting defensive shifts have really made hitting singles difficult. Homer rates are up. Giants forever only hit singles. Thoughts? Uh, yeah, I do have a thought. So that, that's what I, think. I would say that the I would say that the Giants are actually going to start getting caught up in uh, after Bonds left. The Giants decided that the Padres model, because the Padres are doing well at that time in a very pitcher friendly park, they decided that's the model we want: pitching and defense, but like extreme pitching and extreme defense. And obviously, they've had less luck with the. With the pitching as of late, after I mean, after a great run of great talent, um, it's been a bit more of a struggle. And defensively, they are sharp and on point and, and solid. And I think their hitting philosophy also evolved to be like, we can't get power hitters because they either won't come here or the power gets suppressed. Or organizationally, we are completely incapable of recognizing it when it's right in front of us. Um, but so they decided they want Freddie Sanchez's. They want what we were just saying. They want the middle infielder, but they want. We've talked about this when we've had Roger Munter on. They want contact. They're not against on base percentage, which got you know it's a twist on. Oh, he just walks a lot. No, on base is on base. However you get on base, the Giants think if you put the ball in play, though, you'll have more success. The shifts kind of eat into that a little bit, but it still doesn't affect that under that underlying philosophy. It just makes it a little bit more difficult. And I would say that the Giants are running into a situation where having to hit five singles to score a run, I know that doesn't make sense if that was the joke. <laughs> uh, hitting five singles to score a run, I think that's just it's gonna be more difficult for them, even if they keep finding hitters who can do that. And I'd say that they're getting caught in this weird matrix right now where they thought they found the market inefficiency and like, oh, power is valued, so we'll find contact. And now I think it's kind of swinging back to not only is power or just walks uh, still highly valuable, it's go- it's still now, maybe it's slightly more effective now than contact. But that's all to say that the Giants scored a bunch of runs this past week, so who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, they have a little bit of power. Probably not enough. Uh, they should have a decent offense. Probably not enough. But let's hope it's enough. That's basically right. what they're doing. Right. I mean, they're basically counting on Hunter Pence to hit all the home runs in the outfield. Unless Michael Morse somehow gets healthy. But even when he was with the Giants in 14, he only hit 16 home runs. So it's not like he was a 30-power threat. Um, I don't know. You got guys like Joe Panic hitting doubles all over the field, though. And if Denard Span could hit a double, I don't think he's hit an ex- had an extra base hit as a Giant. I know I'm exaggerating. <laughs> um, you know, there, there are things, ways of changing it. Uh, Eduardo Nunez, he has doubles power. He's not a strict doubles hitter, obviously, but he's much more in that Freddie Sanchez mold, you know, and that's, you know, Brandon Crawford. I think they'll be fine offensively. Going forward, I don't know. I, I'll never understand why they didn't draft Giancarlo Stanton when they could have. You know, stuff like that. Or that Mike Trout article, right? The Giants didn't pass him up, though, right? Uh, they did pass him up. They passed they him did up to pass Zach him. Wheeler. Yeah. Well, I mean, 
That's, yeah. I mean, that was their philosophy is get pitching. Yeah. They, well, so. they, they were in on Trout, but I think they, you know, they saw something in Wheeler and, you know, and, you know, to their credit, they were right. He had a major league arm. He could, he had the talent and he's obviously suffered with a lot of injuries since he got to the Mets, but you know, they, they saw someone there. They're like, we're pretty sure he'll be in the majors and be good. And they got him and it didn't, it hasn't really worked out with him, but it's, I don't think it was a bad just, pick necessarily. No, no, no. I'm well. I mean, who knows? Sure. In retrospect, it's actually pretty terrible. Zach Wheeler was six years ago, right? You know, for the uh, that trade was six years ago. I can't believe it. Uh, in any case, you know, I definitely think the Giants have in the Brian Sabian era, which is a very long time now. They trust their scouts with pitching. They trust their organization, their instructors, everything with pitching. They don't with hitting. They seem like they are now a little bit more, but not power. Giants don't trust power. They they try to develop it, but it doesn't seem to ever come. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no one in the Cape Cod League really hits a lot of numbers, <laughs> I guess. That must be it. Uh, all right. So every week we ask for your questions. You can send them throughout the week. You don't have to wait for us to ask. If you If you get a wild hair like, hey, I wonder what the guys think about this, let us know. You can always put your questions in the comment sections below. <laughs> no one looks at the comments <laughs> for these posts. Um, we'll be back next week. Uh, Doug, do you have anything you want to plug? Any exciting news on the Twitter account or or anything interesting? Uh, do you have anything interesting to say, Doug? No, I never do. <laughs> you're, you're confusing me with someone else. <laughs> Visit McCoveyChronicles.com. Good, great content every day. Every day. You do post uh, regularly on Tuesdays, though. I so. do. I post Tuesdays and Thursdays. I might, If I pick up recaps for games, then I will only post on one of those days. Uh, <laughs> I will have a, at least one post this week. Which probably won't be positive on a player because you don't, you're not in the jinxing business. Exactly. Very good. Uh, I'm at every sixth day, and I will occasionally recap as well. And uh, feel free to engage us during the season and uh, retweet our tweets during the games so that we we get the serotonin hits. Yeah, little oh, buzzes. Oh, it's it's, uh, it's it feels uh, so good when you when you see the notifications. So <laughs> I'm going to try to Photoshop more this year, Doug. <laughs> that's my commitment to being a Giants fan. It's more Photoshop. That's good. I think it's good to have both. Yeah. There we go. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Bye. All right. Thanks. Bye.